The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open to Psalm number 2, we will jump right into the exposition, beginning with verse 1, after a word of prayer together. Father, it is in Jesus' precious name that I come now asking you to bless the preaching of your word. Please give light to the listener that they may see your truth and behold wondrous things out of thy law. Give help to your servant, even to this preacher that I may glorify the name of God, magnify the word of God, and edify the people of God today. Please bless that sinner that might tune in and hear these words, that they may come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So our Bibles are open to Psalm 2. Look to verse number 1 as we consider the psalm's prophetic insight and we gain a view of the world. First, we see the world's commotion. Verse 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? A question is asked here at the beginning as man's commotion and man's uproar is considered. Now, this consideration is from the perspective of heaven, and it reveals that what man considers to be formal planning, united power, and mandatory policies, does that sound familiar? It even sounds like the global frenzy that we witness on a daily basis. Yes, formal planning. Yes, united power. Yes, mandatory policies. God says, no, this is the raging of the heathen. This is the vain things that man is imagining. Such is the tumult within the heart of man 
man is greatly agitated, spinning around wildly, out of control. All the while, he thinks he is planning, he is uniting, he is marching, he is globalizing, he is unifying, he is establishing a one-world government, bringing in a new world order, working toward a one-world religion. Oh, yes, the heathen rage. Oh, yes, the people imagine a vain thing, but the race of man is foolish to think they could overthrow God or overturn his throne. They're acting as their father, the devil, who in Isaiah 14 thought he could exalt himself above the throne of God. He was met with the fury of heaven, and God cast him from heaven for his pride and rebellion. Now verse 2, the world's coalition. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, the world's coalition, they have united, they have formed a coalition, they have formed a group for the purpose of rebellion. There's a coming together of separate bodies and individual persons, and their aim is due to their hatred against God and against Christ, and so they take their aim toward the heavens. And we see this happening again in our day. Mankind has declared war against God and against Christ, and they are seeking to hasten themselves, whether they realize it or not, they are hastening themselves toward the judgment of God as they seek to exalt themselves above the God who is far above them. Throughout the world, there are those small and large factions of communism and of atheism and of humanism and of secularism, and they all aim to erase God, to erase Christ from our society completely. And though they have differences, they will dissolve these differences. They will set aside their disputes, and they will form a coalition that they might unite against God and against Christ. All of this happening throughout the world, here, there, and everywhere, is in reflection of the rejection of Jesus Christ, which resulted in Calvary, of which we said last time this psalm is a prophecy, and it is a foreshadowing of what will come just prior to the battle of Armageddon. So now let's look at the words individually. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. Here, then, is the world's counsel within their coalition. First, the kings set themselves, or they stand up together, if you will, lock arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, and they form their line, and they make their resistance and their rebellion known in the sight of God in heaven. But then they take counsel together. First, they stand up together. Secondly, they sit down together and they form their plans. You remember the words of Peter, Acts 4, 27, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered to 
together. So in Peter's day, there was a national, political, and moral rebellion against the Lord Jesus in the events surrounding Calvary. We find this happening again today. It's a foreshadowing of that greater rebellion, of that greater resistance when man, after the rapture, will unite against God and God will put down their rebellion in the events of Armageddon. So the earth united and testified there in the face of God before the cross of Calvary that they wanted a government without God. They wanted a religion without God. Yea, they wanted life without God. The whole human race is guilty of such rebellion, and over and over throughout history we have shown the spirit of our father the devil collectively as a society and then personally as individuals who, when known as Lucifer, that anointed cherub, he rebelled in heaven against God and against Christ, and so the sons of men choose their way over God's, and they refuse to acknowledge the Son whom God gave in that feeding trough there in Bethlehem around 2,000 years ago, and the result was Calvary. And what we must remember that while Satan incited the rulers and the mob to mock and to murder Jesus, it was truly the hand of the Lord which was at the back of it all. And so it must be, for God's hand was before it all. Calvary was no afterthought with God. It was exactly what God had determined before to be done. And the words of A.G. Clark fit well right here when he said, Here we find the counsels of God concerning his Christ, rejected by earth, but owned by heaven. Man's counsel rejects God's counsel, and they reject God's Christ. This shows us then the world's controversy. It is, according to verse 2, against the Lord and against his anointed. With the council convened, the floor open for discussion, the controversy is announced, all of men's quarrels, disagreements, and problems are set aside to unite against the two, even against Jehovah the Lord and against Jesus the Lord, and man's united rebellion is against God's revelation of himself in heaven, even as Jehovah and against God's representative of himself upon the earth, even in Jesus. Jehovah denotes primarily God's nature and name in the Old Testament as he stands in relation to men. And he is that self-existent God who concerns himself with the affairs of men in covenant relationships. And then Jesus designates God's name and nature as he stands in relation to man primarily in the New Testament. The world's controversy then is with God's existence, Jehovah, and with God's salvation, Jesus. They are angry with God, and thus they issue their confession. Psalm 2 closes with this word, saying, The deliberations of the council come to a close. It's agreed what to say. They issue forth their confession, and in a brief statement, the ages of man's history is told over and over, and thus we find the world's contempt in their confession, as declared in verse 3, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Man's confession reveals his contempt for God, 
in his defiant desire for freedom from God's law and freedom from Christ's lordship. Man wants to be his own king. He wants to make his own laws. He has no desire nor use for God's restraints nor God's rules of righteousness. Man holds God in the lowest opinion possible, and Christ is over and over continually and consistently mocked and ridiculed. The very name of God is nothing more than a byword. Men speak the name of Jesus, but in scorn and in jest. And so the Psalms prophetic insight gives us a view of the world, united in rebellion against the Lord. It was fulfilled at Calvary. It is foreshadowing Armageddon, and this will be fulfilled again in its fullest extent in that day when puny man forms a rebellion and attempts to make war with God and with Christ. Such is the raging rebellion of puny man. Next time together, we'll begin in verse 4 and look at the Psalm's prophetic insight concerning a view of the Lord. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.